We did have a great um, water baptism last Sunday morning. Let's give it up for that. And what I want to do is I want to hold off on showing those pictures until next week. I think more of those people that have been baptized will be with us next week. But man, just a great baptism. We had 11 people show up to be water baptized. And we had a lot of people on the banks just cheering them on. And I just want to say we are so proud of those people that took this step of obedience. I want to make it clear that baptism is not a right to salvation. Baptism is just saying, hey, I've made a decision to follow Jesus, and I want to go public in my faith. And we had 11 people do that, people of all ages. It was just a dynamite time. We had a blast, and it was nice and cold. How many people could go for some cold water right now? Hey, if you're hot this week, or this to even today, just go down to Kenny, and you could even put yourself in the water, and you'll get your body temperature nice where it needs to be, okay? Hey, let's pray, and um, we're going to have a, I think, a, I'm excited about this morning's message. I was up at 545, and just really fe- sense God's presence as I laid there in bed this morning, just saying that this is going to be a message that um, a lot of people need to hear, and it's going to speak to people in a powerful way. Because today what we're going to do is we're going to have a standalone message. And what we'll do next week, Lord willing, we're going to begin a new sermon series. But I knew this was a holiday weekend, so I just wanted to throw out a standalone message. And then next week we'll start a new sermon series that we're super excited about. Okay? So today what we're going to do is we're going to start this new, or we're going to have the standalone series or a sermon called Three Ingredients for Failure. Aren't you glad you came to church, okay? Don't worry, you're going to get it as we travel along in the text this morning. So the title of the message again is Three Ingredients for Failure. And here's the thing, a lot of us are seeing that title and we're like, oh, that's not a good title, but we're going to discover through the message today that a lot of times we fall into these traps and we're going to help you. We're going to help you. That's why we're here today to offer help. So we're going to look at the three ingredients for failure. So if you have a Bible, I want you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 14. By the way, if you need a Bible, there's a blue one somewhere close to you this morning. And you can turn to page 745. And just in a second, Heather is going to come and she's going to share the word. She's going to read it as we stand together. But hold on, we're not quite there yet. And this passage that we're going to read this morning is a story that a lot of us are familiar with. It's the story of the feeding of the 5,000. The story of the feeding of the 5,000. And by the way, aside from the resurrection, this story is the only miracle that is recorded in all four of the Gospels. So you can read the story of the 5,000 in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So this is a powerful, powerful story that we're going to look at today. And before Heather comes to read the text, I need to share the context in which it was written. If you have a Bible open, just look at the very beginning of chapter 14. A lot of Bibles will tell you what the chapter is about. And you're going to see that what happened right before the text we're going to read is that there was the death. There was a death of a man named John the Baptist. Everybody heard that name before? John the Baptist, who was super close to Jesus. So John the Baptist had this job to prepare the way of the coming of Jesus. And we're also told he was a relative of Jesus. And right before our text, we see that John the Baptist was brutally murdered. 
We see that he was put in prison. And while he was in prison, listen to this gang, he was beheaded. And the reason why he was beheaded, because he spoke up and he spoke the truth. How do you like that? You speak the truth, and he got beheaded. And that's what's happening in this text. And so with that as our foundation, Heather, if you would do us the honor, and if we would all stand, if you're able to stand, Heather's going to share with us the reading of God's Word. Matthew 14, 13 through 21. As soon as Jesus heard the news, he left in a boat to a remote area to be alone. But the crowds heard where he was headed and followed on foot from many towns. Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat, and he had compassion on them and healed their sick. That evening, the disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place, and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy food for themselves. But Jesus said, That isn't necessary. You feed them. But we have only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Bring them here, he said. Then he told the people to sit down on the grass. Jesus took the five loaves and two fish, looked up toward heaven, and blessed them. Then breaking the loaves into pieces, he gave the bread to the disciples who distributed it to the people. They all ate as much as they wanted, and afterward the disciples picked up twelve baskets of leftovers. About five thousand men were fed that day, in addition to all the women and children. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for your word that um, gives us guidance, gives us direction, that helps us in our lives. And Lord, we just pray that our mind, our hearts would be open to what you may want to speak to us today. Lord, we make ourselves open. We open up our lives. We open up our mind, our thoughts to what you would want to say to us today. And Lord, we commit this time to you. We just pray for the power of the word to go forward. And Father, for you to do exactly what you want to do in each and every one of us. And it's in Jesus' name we pray, and everyone said together, amen, you may be seated. All right, thanks for being here. Well, in the verses that um, Heather read for us, what we're going to see is we're going to see three key ingredients, three key ingredients for people that fail. I want you to get this, three key ingredients to people that fail. And we're going to look at these together. Number one, I want you to see this, ingredients to people that fail, just like you and me. People who fail... Look at the size of the task. They look at the size of the task that is before them. They say, wow, this is really big. This is super big. And oftentimes, as they're looking at the size of the task, this is what happens. They get overwhelmed. Have you ever been there before? You look at the size of the task, and you're like, breathless. This is big. This is bigger than me. And as a result, you feel overwhelmed. And that's exactly what we see in our text this morning. We read that soon as Jesus hears the news that John has been beheaded, look at his first response. Jesus hears the news and he goes out to where? He goes out to a remote place. Why? He wants to be alone. He's grieving. And I love that because that's where we see the humanity of Jesus. He's fully God, yet he's fully man. He loses someone special. He wants to be alone. So he's in this remote place, but the word gets out. And the word gets out, and people from all the surrounding towns, they discover his whereabouts, and they flock out because they want to be with Jesus. And if you look at verse 14, if you still have your Bible open, we see that the crowd gets, the word of the scripture is the crowd gets huge. 
it's a big crowd that comes out to this remote place to be with Jesus. You say, Mike, how big is the crowd? How big is the crowd? How huge is the crowd? Look at verse 21 if you still have your Bible open. Verse 21 says the crowd was this big. There was 5,000 men. Okay? And many Bible scholars believe that if you add women and if you add children, the size of this crowd was probably somewhere between fifteen to 20,000 people. So I want you to see that this is a big deal. Especially think about this is first century. The population is not quite what it is here in the world that we live in. Now we have fifteen to 20,000 people are gathered. This, my friends, is a crowd. And here's the clincher. These people have been with Jesus for quite a long time throughout the day, throughout this day. And I'm sure it was hot. I'm sure they were sweaty. But we know that they got hungry. How many people know they were probably hangry? They weren't delightful to be around. And guess what? Jesus gives the disciples this assignment. He gives them this task in verse 16. You can look at it yourself. Jesus looks at the 12 disciples and he says, hey guys, you feed them. You feed them. So what do you think went through the disciples' mind when Jesus said, hey, you feed the crowd? Well, I want to let you know what went through their mind as they begin to focus on, this is a big deal. They begin to focus on the size of the crowd. They begin to focus on the size of the assignment that was before them. I'm sure they are probably talking to each other and they're saying, James, how many you think there are? Uh, how about you, John? How many you think? How many you think? And they're just, their focus, their biggest focus is on the task that is before them. I mean, John tells this story in his gospel in John chapter 6, verse 7. He says this, or actually it's Philip, one of the disciples says, it would take more than half a year's wage to buy enough food for each one just to have a single bite. Wow. Meaning, hey, we're going to need a lot of money. And the reason why we're going to need a lot of money because there are a lot of people here. This is a big task. This is a big assignment. So their focus, the focus of the disciples is they're focused on the task before them. Okay? I want to let you know, one of the key ingredients of failing is when we get so caught up and we get so overwhelmed with the task that is before us. That all we look at is how big it is. Like, wow, I'm not sure I can do that. I'll never be able to do that. This is a big deal. That's one of the first ingredients to failure is you get so caught up in the size of the task. Let's look at the second one, and that is that people who fail, they often focus on how little they have. So the task is big, but they look and they say, well, I don't have much to offer. They focus on what they have. They focus on how little they have. I mean, think of the text. Go back to the text. You can read it for yourself. As soon as Jesus gives his disciples the task of feeding the people What is their first response? Their first response, verse 17, is this. But we have only five loaves, and we only have two fish. And then when John, if you go over into his gospel where he's telling the same story, 
one of the disciples named Andrew says it this way. He says, what good is that? What do you mean, what good is that? What's he referring to? He's referring to the five loaves and the two fish. What good is that with this big of a crowd? I mean, this isn't going to make much of a difference at all. Really? What big of a difference will that be? So we see here the disciples, what did they focus on? They were focused on how big the crowd, the task was, but they were also focused on how little they had. They're focused on five loaves of bread, and they're focused on two fish. They're focused on the little that they had, okay? So those are the first two ingredients. Now let's look at this third ingredient, then we're going to apply this to our lives this morning. The third ingredient of people that often fail is this. People who fail, this is huge. Happens all the time. Happens all the time. It's happened in my life too many times. People who fail leave God out of the picture. Are you catching this so far? Let's walk through this real quick. People who fail, they look at the size of the crowd, 15 to 20,000 people. People who fail, they look at the little they have. They look, well, we only have five and two. But the third thing is they leave God out of the picture. And here's what that looks like. Oftentimes when we leave God out of the picture, we, we're not saying, God, I'm leaving you out of the picture, but our actions indicate that we're leaving God out of the picture, okay? So what we do is we, become, we begin to think of schemes or ideas of ways that maybe if we do it our way, maybe may, there's just a possibility that maybe we can do it. Just a... Maybe if we're lucky, this will work out. And that's what the disciples do. Let's go back to verse 15. The disciples came to Jesus, the one who gave them the assignment, the task. And they tell Jesus some facts that I'm sure he's aware of. They say, Jesus, this is a remote place. Yeah, that's why I came here. And it's already getting late. But look at the rest of the verse. Here's the way we're going to handle it. Jesus, this is our idea. Why don't you send the crowds away and send them to the villages? Why? So that they can go and buy their own food. So listen to this. Their instruction, Jesus, to send the crowds away so the crowds can buy food for themselves. You know what they're doing here? They're telling Jesus their plan. Jesus, this is what we think you should do. By the way, have you ever done that? Yes, you have. We all have. Jesus, this is the way you should do it. And that's what they're doing. And you know what? Every time we say, Jesus, this is the way you should do it, because I would do it this way. And ultimately, you know what we're doing is we're leaving God out of the plan. We're leaving God out of the picture. We're saying, God, we know better than you. We don't need you. Well, we're afraid we need to figure something out. And what happens is we leave God out of the picture by trying to come up with our ideas, our ways of doing things. Ask yourself this question right now. I want you to pause and ask yourself this question. Have you ever done that? You ever left God out of the picture of the big assignment? I sure have. But what we need to know is we need to know the rest of the story. And how many people know the rest of the story is that Jesus has a plan? Let's revisit the text. It says that Jesus, what does he do? He has everybody sit on the grass. Have everybody sit down on the grass. It says he took the five loaves and he takes the two fish. Remember, 20,000 people. 
Five loaves, two fish. And I love Jesus. He looks up towards heaven. And I'm sure everybody's eyes are on him. What's he going to do? What's he going to do? And what does he do? He blesses them. He blesses the five loaves and the two fish. And then check out what he does next. Breaking the loaves into pieces. Can you imagine what the disciples are thinking? What's this guy going to do? Breaking the loaves into pieces, he gives the bread to the disciples. I'm sure they're thinking, really? This is your plan? He breaks the bread, he gives it to the disciples, and they begin to distribute it to the people. And that's where the miracle begins to take place. As they're distributing, the food keeps like replenishing. How many people know that's pretty awesome? How many people think that's cool? I would have loved to have been there that day. I hope they have that on VCR when we get to heaven. I want to see that. Let's do the replay. They begin to distribute it, and I love this part. Don't miss it. They all just ate a little until they could get back to town. Is that what it says? It says they all ate as much as they wanted. They all ate as much as they wanted. How many people know that's a miracle? How many people know that's a miracle? How many people know we should get excited about miracles? Here's what I want you to hear this morning. I want all of us to understand something super important. And I'm actually living this out right now. This is just like, okay, Lord, I get you. How many people understand that it doesn't matter how big the tasks may be, It doesn't matter how little you have. If, everybody say if, because this is a big deal. If God is at the center of the picture. I'm going to say it again. It doesn't matter how big the task may be. Some of you right now are facing some pretty big tasks, aren't you? It doesn't matter how little you have. I don't have much. It's not going to make a difference. If God is at the center of the picture. So with this in mind, I want to conclude this morning by saying that much like the disciples, each one of us is given a task, an assignment by God. We're given a task, just as they were given the task of feeding the 5,000, the 20,000. We're given the task. We're given tasks all the time. At one time or another, you're, you're give, you're, you've been given tasks. You're given tasks. God gives away tasks to us at one time or another. And at times, we can look at the size of that task and we can get overwhelmed. For some of you right now, in your marriage, it may not have always been the case, but in your marriage, you're looking right now and you're just overwhelmed with the task of not just surviving, but thriving. Looking at it and saying, I don't know if I can do it. I'm not sure I can do it. Are you hearing me this morning? And you're looking at the size of it and you're looking at what you have and you're like, I'm not sure I can have a good marriage. Maybe you're a parent here today and you're raising your kids and they're still at home, or maybe they're even out of the house. And there's times you just stop and it just becomes overwhelming. Maybe you're, they're your adult kids. 
And you look at it and you're just overwhelmed with the assignment of raising your kids. It just doesn't stop. How many people know what I'm talking about? It doesn't stop. And what happens is you, it, it is big. It's a big deal. We are called to be stewards of our children. And we can look and say, you know what? I'm not the most gifted parent. I, I never attended the parent classes. I'm, I'm really not sure what to do. Maybe you're here today and you're just about ready to start a new school year. It could be middle school, it could be high school. Maybe you're here and you're about ready to start here at the university. And you're looking at, you're standing at the beginning of the year and you're like, wow, this is a big task. There's going to be a lot of homework. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of homework. It's going to be good for you, by the way. <laughs> and there's going to be exams and there's going to be papers to write. And you can look at the whole big ball of wax and say, wow, I'm not sure I'm cut out to be a college student. I felt that way. I really did. When God called me to the ministry, I was like, no, I'm good in the Air Force. I'm going to retire after 20 years. I'm going to live the dream. God had different ideas. Calls you to Bible college. I'm like, God, I'm not the college student guy. That's not my gifting. And you can look at it and say, four years, really? So we're all given different tasks, different assignments. Maybe it's a job. Maybe it's a new job. Maybe there's a transition happening. You're looking at it and you're overwhelmed. I think of people going into ministry, starting new ministries. That's a big deal. That's, you look at it and you're like, wow. For some of us, it might just be following Jesus. You look and say, you know what? I can't be a Jesus follower. I don't think I can do it. Because I have all these friends that they don't really care about Jesus. I don't know if, if I can really follow Jesus. So we all have these tasks that are before us and we live in this place, this place of God, I want to walk in your assignment. I want to walk in your task, but I'm not sure I can do it. It's just too big. I don't have what it takes. I only have two fish and five loaves. And we can get overwhelmed. And I want to let you know, when these tasks are on the doorstep of your life, you have two options. Option one, you can fail. How do you fail? You fail by being overwhelmed with the size of the task. And you fail when you focus on what you, the little you do have, or maybe what you don't have and you think you need. Or maybe you, you fail because you leave God out of the picture saying, God, I'll do this my way. I'll use my resources. I'll use my group of friends. I'll network. I'll do it my way. You can fail by doing those three things. You're overwhelmed with the size of the task. You're looking at the little that you have to offer and you're leaving God out of the picture. But I want to let you know you can succeed too. Amen? You can succeed. In all these tasks or all these assignments that God gives us, you can succeed. And here's what I want to encourage you, how you can succeed. Number one, embrace the size of the task. God thinks you can do it. Amen? Or he wouldn't have called you. God thinks you can be a great spouse. God thinks you can be a great parent. God thinks you can get through school. You can get through whatever he's called you to do. I want to encourage us to embrace the task. 
Do not run away from the task. So many people run away from the task. They abort the task. I want to encourage us. We're going to win because we're going to embrace the task. Embrace what's in front of you today. God is fully aware of what's going on in your life. Does everybody believe that this morning? Okay. Then the second thing, if you're going to be successful, is you've got to focus on what you do have. God knows what you have. God can use what you have. Are you hearing me this morning? We get so caught up in what we don't have or the little we have, but we need to start saying, you know what? This is what I do have. You know, sometimes the only thing I have is a prayer life. (laughs) And just being able to say, God, help. I need your help. Focus on what you do have. You have the Word of God. Amen? You can read the Word of God. You can stand on His promises. You can allow the Word of God to build up faith in your life. We have the Word of God. What else do you have? You have friends. You have family. You have people that are going to come alongside and they're going to cheer you on and help you through these difficult tasks and seasons. How many people are thankful for good people in your life? Amen? Focus on what you do have. Every one of us in your tough situation, there's something you do have. I want to let you know you have Him who promises to never leave us or forsake us. He's always going to be there. And number three, you can succeed by saying, God, I invite you into the picture. I invite you into this very big challenge that I'm facing. And God, I do that by, number one, I pray. Number two, I read the Word. Number three, I get around people that are going to lift me up. They're going to encourage me. How many people know there's enough people out there that are going to say, you can't do it. You don't have what it takes. But we need to be around people that are going to build us up in the faith. We're going to link arms together. We're going to pray together. We're going to believe together. So what is the task today in my closing question? What is the task in your life that God has given you? I want you to think right now, what is the task that God has given you to carry out? And I want to encourage you. Number one, don't focus on how big it is. Number two, don't focus on what you don't have. And number three, don't, leave God out. don't you dare leave God out of the picture. No, 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 no. But I want to encourage you. Embrace it. Believe God that He's going to give you what you need. You have and invite him into the task. God is just waiting for people to call upon him. To say, hey, it's that simple sometimes. Sometimes you don't even know how to pray. It's so hard. It's so confused. I've been in a situation where it's just like, God, I don't even, I don't know if I can even pray today because I don't know what to say when I pray. I just, I'm at a place right now where I just don't know what to say. This thing is bigger than me, and I'm like, God, I, and I'm just feeling in my heart just, Help. Guide me. And lead. You know, as we, as we journey into these two services in October, it's, it's super challenging for me. I'm, I, I am, I'm, I'm being pulled different directions. It's hard. But don't you ever feel sorry for me. And I can look at that and say, that's a big task. We're going to need... That's, that's big. Too, that's big. And Lord, look at the little we have. We don't have enough volunteers. And there's so many things we want to do, Lord. Maybe we don't even have enough money. And there's times that night I can't sleep. I'm just looking at the ceiling like, Lord, this stuff is big. 
I keep just hearing God say, don't you dare leave me out of the picture. Don't you think of one second trying to come up with your own schemes and your own way of doing things. Invite me, the King, the Creator, the Provider, the Sustainer. Invite me. I'll see you through. And I just sensed this morning when I was laying in bed at 5.45 this morning, there's people in this room this morning, if I can just speak into your life, right now you're facing an assignment and you're about ready to call quits because you're focused on how big it is, you're focused on what you don't have, and you're taking God out of the picture. And I'm here today to be a voice to help you. And my voice to you is, number one, embrace it. Believe that God will give you what you need and invite him into the picture of your life. Amen? So what I want to do is I want us just to be quiet. I just want us to bow our heads. and Let's have a moment where we just invite the Spirit of God to come and to speak to you this morning. I just really sense this morning that God is really wanting to speak to some people that you're just at the place of quitting. You're quitting. You feel like a failure. feel like, I, I, I can't do it. You know what? You can't. A lot of times you can't. You're going to need God. Amen? You're going to need His help. But how many people know He's a good, good Father? He wants to be there. He wants to help us. He wants to provide. So I just want to take this next few minutes. I want you to just talk with God right now. Just speak to God. Help me in my marriage. Help me raising my kids. Help me in this new job. Help me as I start this new ministry. Lord, help me as I follow you. I want to be a, I really do. I want to be a good Christian. I really do. I want to follow you, Lord. I just don't feel like I can. Will you help me? Lord, I pray you'd speak to us today that we would hear that still small voice in our heart. We would look to you. That we would abort our own ideas our own schemes. God, we would embrace and listen to your voice. Even when it sounds as crazy as have everybody sit on the grass. Even when it looks as crazy as you blessing five loaves and two fishes. Giving them to the disciples. Saying, hey, start handing this out. Lord, help us to begin where we're at today. Listen to your voice. Help us, Lord. Help us. Help us.
heads bowed. I just want to ask, is there anyone in this room today that you just feel like facing an assignment? You really say, God, I need your help. Is that, is that anybody in the room today? Let's keep your hands up. I just want to see where we're at here today. Quite a few people. I want to pray for those people. You only need to stand. I saw your hand raised. just all the people that raised their hand. There's even people that didn't raise their hand, but they're going through situations. Lord, I pray that you would be with them. I pray that they would see that it's just not them on an island by themselves. Lord, it's just not them with five loaves and two fish. But Lord, you're with them. God, when you're with us, all things are possible. Miracles still happen today. We just we pray, we just we submit ourselves to you, we surrender to you, Lord. When life doesn't make sense, we surrender to you, Lord. We come and we bow at your lordship, at your feet. We cry out as children to our Father in heaven and say, Lord, would you help us through this challenging season? Will you be there? So everyone that raised their hand, I pray for them right now, Father. They would just sense your presence in this room today not just in this room that they would sense your presence when you leave when they leave here this morning they're not leaving a message a church you're with them and lord there's some time that we got to constantly even walk and even as we're walking we're in cadence we're saying help 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 give me wisdom give me wisdom help me lord lord we're just people that we are dependent upon our father in heaven Lord, we realize our need for help. We, need our, we realize our need for you. And Lord, we ask you, our Father, for help today. Be with everyone that raised their hands this morning. I just want to close by saying, you know what? God loves every one of us in this room, and he wants to have a relationship with every single person in this room. He wants to have a relationship with you. How many people know the only way we can have a relationship with God is through His Son, Jesus Christ? Does everybody understand that this morning? The only way you can have a relationship with God is you're not going to figure it out by being, well, I'm going to do a lot of good things, or I'm going to do more good than bad. That's not going to get it done. It doesn't work that way. The only way we can have a relationship with God, the Creator, is through His Son, Jesus Christ. That's why Jesus came to this world to die on a cross. Because his blood poured out was the sacrifice for our, the forgiveness of our sins. We can receive that and make it our own. If you've never asked Jesus into your life, this is the day. He's our only hope. He's our Savior. He's our salvation. Never done that this morning if you'd like to you can raise your hand at this time anybody just never asked jesus into their life no one's ever asked jesus like to today father we thank you for this day why don't we all stand to our feet this morning if our prayer team would come up to my left your right 
I want our prayer team to be open to pray for some of these people that may raise their hand this morning. Please, if you raise your hand this morning, have other people pray with you. Have other people pray with you. Sid and um, Pastor Vicki are coming. They're right here. You raise your hand. Great place to start is seeking prayer. Asking God for help. Don't be ashamed. Don't be shy. That's why we're here. We're living life together. To be here for one another. If you need prayer, please see these two wonderful people. They'd love to pray with you this morning. Let's just pray this prayer Jesus taught us as we close this morning. Thank you for being at Journey Church. Let's pray together. Our Father, art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us. succeed when there's a big task. Everybody repeat after me. I'm going to embrace the size of the task. Let's say that together. I'm not going to run. I'm going to focus on what I have. Everybody say that. I'm going to focus on what I have. How many people know you have a wonderful Father in heaven? Amen. invite God into the picture. Everybody say that together. I'm going to invite God on this journey with me. He's going to be with me. God bless you. Let's go out. Let's live victorious. Let's see God do some amazing things in our life. God bless you. Have a great, great day. Thank you for being at Journey Church.